Hello, New Jersey. Welcome to another edition of On the Record. We want to bring pressure on Congress to recognize our needs and to demonstrate to our government that it must face up and solve the problems of poor people. That's the voice of Reverend Alan Boyer of the Bethel AME Church in Patterson, speaking the words that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered in a speech in exactly the same place nearly 50 years ago this March. King spoke to a packed house from the podium of what was then called Community Baptist Church of Patterson. It was the civil rights leader's last stop on a long day in New Jersey. He had already given similar speeches in Newark, Elizabeth, and Jersey City. What no one knew that day was that it would be King's final visit to New Jersey. Nine days later, he would be assassinated in Memphis. Here's how a reporter for the Patterson Morning Call, a newspaper then owned by the record, described the scene when King arrived in Patterson. Dr. King was due to arrive from Newark at 6 p.m., but most of the people were there an hour ahead of time. They stood on the streets, craning their necks and listening for the police escort that would announce his arrival. They stood in place outside the church, even though the civil rights leader was two hours late. Inside the church, capacity audience sang hymns with full-throated vigor. Their voices and those of the choir reverberated throughout the area on loudspeakers. And here's an excerpt of what the crowd heard from King. We want to bring pressure on Congress to recognize our needs and to demonstrate to our government that it must face up and solve the problems of poor people. It is a shame that this nation, the wealthiest on earth, has 40 million poor people. I spoke recently to my record colleague, Kevin Wexler, a photojournalist who spoke with several people who were at the church that day. Here's our conversation. Kevin Wexler, welcome to On the Record. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Hey, you've been working on a very interesting project uh, that centers on folks who were at the last public appearance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Patterson at a church in 1968. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so it occurred March 27, 1968. Uh, we're under the impression that uh, it was the last public appearance before he went to Memphis where he was assassinated. Um, an event that took place right here in our community and obviously something that people remember a half century later. Photographs from that night showed two plainclothes African-American Patterson detectives standing on either side of King. One of those officers was Benjamin Lee, who told Kevin he was so focused on protecting King that he barely remembered anything of the speech. It, the, the place was crowded. It was, you know, packed, you might say. Everybody wanted to get a glimpse of him. They wanted to get a picture of him. You know, it was just, not only was his last name King, the people thought of him as a king. And they were excited to see him and to hear him. And it's, it was, it was uh, kind of like I was torn between duty and my interest in, in the movement, but knowing that I, we, we couldn't fail with, as far as protecting him. But the other detective, Charles Council, said his life would be forever changed because of a brief conversation with King. He asked me, about what would my chances of going to school, get a promotion. 
I encourage me to go back to school and learn all you can. Because one day it's going to be coming handy. So with that in mind, I went to William Patterson. I enlisted. I went on and got my, my master's degree there. And time came to send someone to the FBI Academy. I was, I was, I was selected. So I'm one of the only minorities in the state of New Jersey police officer to graduate and attend the 92nd session of the FBI training course. So I attribute all that to Dr. King. And he had not given me the encouraged me, I probably wouldn't have done it. Virginia Harris Sneed was a member of the choir that sang gospel songs that night. Fifty years later, she still remembers their brief encounter as he came into the church. I was here the night that Dr. King came by, and I reached out and grabbed him, and I got the kiss from Dr. King. I think I was the only one to get a kiss from him that night. Another choir member, Charlie Mae Garrison, remembers the expression on King's face as the choir sang for him. Yeah, he was smiling. And uh, he was enjoying it. And we were enjoying it because we was excited because we were singing in front of Martin Luther King. Patterson Council President Ruby Cotton was a 13-year-old student that day when her mother brought their family to the church where they stood outside and listened. And I remember my mom saying, uh, my mom had five children, that we were all going to get dressed up and we're going to go down to, to the church. And I believe at the time that we probably didn't realize the, the magnitude that it would be uh, of all the people coming out. And as we walking down Governor Street, is so many people. Uh, we didn't get the opportunity to get inside the church, but you can hear, because they had the speakers on the outside and stuff, that you can hear what was going on. And we waited for a little while before Dr. King came, but we stood on Governor Street. And I would say we were probably, I can remember us being halfway maybe past Summer Street. And... And, and we just stood there, and, and the excitement that was, I can feel the excitement of Dr. King coming to Patterson, New Jersey. Nearly the entire membership of the Patterson NAACP was present that night. Donald Curtis, then the chapter's vice president, remembers talking with King that evening. He started asking about what was going on in the city of Patterson and what were our concerns uh, as black people about what was going on. And, and we kind of laid it out, you know, kind of, uh, I mean, not in detail, but we told them some of the things we were working on and some of the things that we would like to see. And, uh, and a lot of those things actually came to fruition, you know, not because of him uh, directly, but because of him inspirationally. And Russell Grady, a local restaurant owner, better known as Mr. G, also had a chance to speak with King that day. Grady said the experience convinced him that King was a man touched by God. When he, when he grabbed my hand 
and we leaned forward to each other. Electricity went through my body as if I had touched a live electric cord. I felt something. There was something on the man. He was put on this earth to do what he, what he did for us. And we all appreciate that. And I still appreciate today. I stand here with tears in my eyes because I, I felt up close and personal Dr. Martin Luther King and the spirit that was on him. And I'm sure that nobody could ever do that unless it's by God himself. Well, that's our program for today. Special thanks to Kevin Wexler for conducting these interviews. Thanks also to the Reverend Boyer and my colleague Matt McGrath for providing the narration to this podcast and to record reporter Jim Beckerman, who performed the music. For more on Dr. King's last visit to Patterson, be sure to read Rich Cowan's story in the record, plus Mike Pedagano's multimedia story and Kevin's video at NorthJersey.com. So long, folks.